Hello, hello. I hope you guys can hear me well. I am in my car and I know that my microphone may sound a little different in the car. So please bear with me. Um, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. My expectation is for it to be not that long, but hey, we never know what the Lord has in store for us. Amen. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I thank everyone who will join the live today and everyone who will listen to the replay. I thank you so much. I know I'm a little behind, but the Lord wanted me to spend some time with him. So I was in the presence of the Lord, kind of really having my ear to his, to heaven to hear what he was saying, speaking into my own personal situation as I put in the description for today's live that I'm going to give a little of my real time, real life testimony in this moment of where I'm at. Especially because I think it's so important and it's so relative to what we've been speaking about since um, last week's um, episode, Freedom Rights. And Freedom Rights, if you have not listened to last week's episode, I would highly encourage you to please go and do so. So things can make more sense. However, you're welcome to listen to this one first, however you want to do it, however the Lord leads you, right? Um, so without further ado, I just kind of want to get in and just, you know, just say hey to all my new listeners, everybody who's downloaded, who's streamed, everybody who's supporting, everybody um, who is just, um, you know, spreading the word, sharing. Thank you guys so much. It it really, really makes a difference. It really does. It helps me to get the message of what the Lord is saying in front of more people. It helps me to be able to glorify the Lord even more. And as we're doing this together, because we're, we're one, Jesus is in heaven praying for the church to be one. So we're all one body with many members. So it's a collective, right? Yes, I may be the one that the Lord is using my voice, um, but it's all of us that come together to, to spread the gospel because it's one faith, is one baptism, right? It's one spirit. So I just wanted to say a special thank you to everybody because I see the streams. I see the downloads, right? And, you know, I've even had um, someone contact me for prayer. And again, I highly encourage you guys to do that as well. And as the Lord leads me, I will definitely pray and connect. And if I don't respond immediately, it's, it may be because I, I have like Y'all, y'all see it in a little bit when I really kind of go into it more in depth, but I have like so much going on right now. So don't take it to heart. It's not me. I'm not ignoring you. Um, but I do want to seek God before I pray for you. Cause I don't need, I don't want to pray out of my spirit. I mean, not out of my spirit, excuse me, but out of my flesh. I'm sorry. I don't want to pray out of my flesh for anyone. So I do want to go before God, before I respond to get his, his wisdom and his right words and how to pray for your situation, right? And so um, don't hesitate to reach out if you need prayer, if you want to connect. Um, I always leave my contact information in the description box. And yes, I would love to hear from you and I would love to pray with you. Um, also, um, hey girl, hey, to all my new listeners. Hey girl, thank you so much for joining our community. We are here redefining our worth, living our faith out loud for Jesus, you know, learning how to walk in our renewed, redefined, worthy, valuable, healed whole selves, to the glory of God. Amen. That's what we're doing. And we're doing it together. We're all maybe at different places in our journey, but most of us, if not all of us have gone through something and needed to heal, needed to be made whole, maybe made this mistake, that mistake. So the goal is to be encouraging, to encourage one another, uplift one another and empower one another and to give practical tips and how to actually walk out your faith as a woman of God. Amen. And so I just, um, it's so excited for how God is just allow me to just have this platform and to be able to speak and minister to his daughters and even sometimes his sons. I'm just so um, grateful and I'm just so honored. And so I just welcome you to our community. It's a judgment-free zone. So you never have to feel like, um, you know, this is a place where, you know, if you were to contact me or reach out or leave a comment where you would, you know, um, be judged or people would have negative things to say, we are a zero tolerance for judging, zero tolerance for negative um, things and coming down and belittling people. We don't do that here because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So um, I just want to make sure that people understand this is a safe space. And no, you don't have to say anything in a comment if you don't want to, but you can always um, personally connect with me via email um, if that makes if that's more um, comfortable for you. But I just want to welcome you. Hey, girl, hey, welcome to our community. And I'm looking forward to doing this journey with you. And then also to my girls that have been hanging and rocking with me from my A1s from day one. This is our fourth season. We kind of winding down here. We only probably got about a good 
four or five episodes left for season four and we're all about our identity in season four this is our identity series and it's so important for us to understand our identity in christ jesus understand our rights what what, what is our inheritance right and understand you know our liberties understanding you know all of the benefits that comes with being um in christ and i think once we really are very um secure and anchored in our identity and and what that looks like according to the word of god then that helps us to be more um more uh, confident, right, in our walk, right, in who we are, and even what our purpose is and what God called us to do. So I am just so excited for this series. I'm so excited for today's episode as well. And so um, I just want to welcome you all to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Janelle Renee, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today on May 5th, 2023. And so today's episode is called, Are You Ready to Run? Come on now, somebody. I don't know about you but sometimes i think we read things in the bible or we might even say things and i don't think we really know what we're saying or really truly understand the depth and the context of what of what we're speaking but i titled it that because i've i literally had to run this week okay so like i said i was going to share a little bit of my real-time testimony because one thing i really want to do is give a very sober expectation to to individuals as they're whether they're babes in christ you're new to christ you're just getting saved and you're you're trying to you know learn and and grow whether you kind of been doing this thing for a while you might feel like you got little bit, you know, um, experience under your belt walking with God or whether you feel like you're a seasoned saint, you know, I just still want to have a, a very sober expectation of what these things actually look like. Um, because I feel like sometimes people can be imbalanced, right? When they talk about certain subjects, they're not realistic in explaining what can happen. You know, prime example, like a lot of us and me included like to hear, um, prophetic words, right? You want to hear you want to hear what God is saying to you about you, right? Especially if you yourself don't feel like you you know how to hear God's voice yet. Or maybe you're just kind of unsure of how God speaks to you because God can speak to all of us in different ways because he is a, he's a personal God. So he knows my personality. He knows my character. He knows the way that my language. So he's going to, he's always going to resonate with me and speak to me according to me. And he's going to do the same for you. But sometimes when we haven't navigated that, it's easier to feel like I need, I want to hear from God concerning my life, my future, my destiny, or this situation. And I want to, you know, hear him speak in the only way that that may be um, possible is if I hear a prophetic word. And so, um, and you know, we got to be careful with that because we don't want to turn anything into an idol. And it's so easy to do because God's heart is not to speak to you only through other people and prophetic words. Will he use those things? Absolutely. Will he confirm his words? Absolutely. He will use any and everything. God is so um, multifaceted. He He's so vast. He's so unlimited. He can use anything like even where I'm sitting right now at the lake. It's just a beautiful place. It's peaceful. It's a nice day today. We've been having a lot of rainy, gloomy, cold, cold days all this week. We had some snow, some hail, some sleet. So it's like to enjoy a beautiful day and to be at the lake. It's just some, it's just something. It does something for me. And this is a place where I can hear God speak so clearly. Right. So you just got to learn that over time. But you know, we don't want to get to a place where we're totally just only depending on hearing a prophetic word from somebody and we find ourselves watching YouTube video after YouTube video or TikTok after TikTok or whatever the case may be, whatever platform, Facebook, Facebook Live, whatever platform or going to this church event, this church event, going to this prophetic conference because you're so desperate and wanting to hear a word and hear a word from God. Because what you will find is the enemy your desire. He'll see your hunger, your thirst for that. And he'll see that you're not really going right to God, but you're looking at these other avenues and he'll bring people who may tell you a right word, but of the wrong spirit, because he understands that once you agree with that, that word, you agree with that spirit. And then that's the way for him to put you in bondage. Or he might send a false prophet who might tell you something totally against what God is really saying. So you just want to be very, very, very mindful of you know, wanting to hear a prophetic word or just kind of getting fixated on God doing anything in one particular way. Um, so like I was saying, um, you know, when we, when people give you a prophetic word and even when it is a right word and it is of God and it's God coming from the mouth of God through that person, 
what you got to understand is, and this is something I just learned. So let me not act like I'm just all knowledgeable or I just, you know, have all the, you know, the, the, the wisdom about this, situ this, ex this particular um, subject that I'm speaking about right now. Cause I didn't, I didn't know because I hadn't was never taught. I had never heard nobody say it before, but it, it made sense when I heard it here in these, um, in these last months or whatever, where when you receive a prophetic word over your life, what's attached to that word is going to be warfare. And the warfare is the warfare, excuse me, it's not about you. The warfare is about the word that was released to you because it is God's word that will not return to him void. So the whole goal of the kingdom of darkness and the whole goal of the devil is to try to come against that word. And so with how they do that is most of us who don't know that revelation that even when you receive a prophetic word and even if it is the right word for you, even if it's of the right spirit, it came from God, came from Holy Spirit. Even if that's the case, that the warfare attached to it is going to come and it's going to try to drown out the word. Right. It's going to come try to bring doubt. So things in your life might start looking polar opposite to what that word was, right? All of a sudden you might start experiencing some opposition in relationships. You might start having opposition on your job. You might start going through a financial crisis, right? You might start having some, you know, things happening in your dreams at night or, you know, things happening in it spiritually to you. Like there are some components of warfare that's going to be attached to that word because the enemy's, I, his whole motive is to try to, um, to try to come against the word and try to stop the word from from manifesting. He know he can, he cannot come against God's word in and of himself. So what he does is he try to get us to forfeit it by bombarding us with warfare and bombarding us with trials and storms and tempting us to sin and all of these other things that then begin to, you know, create doubt and unbelief or they begin to cause us to second guess like mm, maybe that wasn't God or get or just give up altogether. Like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't for me. Maybe that wasn't the right word. Maybe that wasn't God. And so let me just say, forget it. The heck with it. So I just wanted to say that, like, we have to be mindful of certain parts of our journey and the realistic expectation of what also comes with it. And I'm not saying it to scare anybody or to, you know, um, spook anybody. It's to be realistic so you can be prepared. Because I know, like, when the Bible says, for my people perish for a lack of knowledge and they despise, um, and, and they despise it, they don't seek me for it, right? So when you have knowledge, you now are equipped and you have power if you apply the knowledge. So if you know ahead of time, hey, even if I'm not seeking a prophetic word, but the Lord sends someone to me and they release a word over me, I got to then go right into prayer and say, okay, God, how do I steward this word? Number one, because that's another thing that I think we're not properly taught is that you need to steward a word. Amen. And then also, Lord, prepare me for whatever opposition may come that is going to try to fight against that's going to try to war against this word coming to pass in my life, right? And then God will give you strategy. And we see that over and over again um, in the Bible where many times um, uh, just the enemy would just cr come together. The enemies, a vast army would come against people like uh, King Jehoshaphat. Like you had three different kingdoms come together and they created an army that was so vast. It was like, you can't even count, count them. It was so many to the point he was terrified. And he, but what he did, he turned to God. He didn't go seeking a prophetic word. He went straight to, he called a fast and he went right into worship and he went into prayer. And then the prophet came to him and gave him the word of the Lord. And the Lord told him, you know, don't be afraid. Go out, march against him tomorrow for the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. And he told him what to do. He gave him strategy and God told him he didn't even have to fight the battle that the Lord was going before him to fight the battle. But he went to God. Right. And we see in Joshua, right, in Joshua 11, the same thing happened where um, you have these three kingdoms that come and make a, create a vast army that come against the, the children of God, the children of Israel. And it says that the, this army was so vast in Joshua chapter 11 that, that it was like they were as numerous as the sand is on the seashore. Could you imagine picking up little grains of sand to count it? Like that's how many that's how many people it that's how many soldiers and uh, it was in that uh, this this ally army that came against the people of God but again Joshua went to the Lord and the Lord told him like don't be afraid of them don't worry about them by this time tomorrow I will, they will all be dead you know like and so God and then again God gave him strategy on how he was going to hand over the enemy and so what and Joshua was in the process of taking over walking the 
taking the children of Israel into the promised land. The promised land was prophesied over them four five four or five hundred years prior to Abraham, our father of our faith, that that his descendants, that the Lord was going to take his descendants, was his descendants would go into bondage for four, over 400 years, which they did. They went to Egypt. They were in bondage for 430 years. And then they were delivered. And then he was going to take them to the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. And even, even Abraham, even though he didn't see the promise in the, in the way that God prophesied it, he sold into the promise where he bought. See, that's what I'm saying. You got to steward the word. He bought land in Canaan. So he had a stake in that promise, even though he himself didn't live to enter into the cross over the Jordan. He, he understood that he had to do something in faith to, to steward this word. So he, he, he purchased some land, right? And, and that was his stake. And that, and, and because he had did what he was supposed to do in obedience, his descendants ended up taken possession of the land that was prophesied over them hundreds of years before that they was going to possess. But in their, uh, in their conquest, right in their taking possession of the promised land that was spoken by God, that was given to them by God, that was prophesied over them by God. It was, it was their land. God said, God spoke and spoke it over and over. He confirmed it. They still had to go to war to take possession. They still had to go and war against the inhabitants that were already there to take possession. See, because what some of you us don't realize, come on, ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Oh my goodness. What some of us don't realize the things, the particular things that are being prophesied over our lives by God, there are inhabitants there already. And these inhabitants may not be physical individuals like it was in the Bible for the children of Israel and the land of Canaan, all the ites that were there. Sometimes the, the, the inhabitants that's in the very promise that God promised you is some kind of principality. It might be some kind of stronghold, right? It may be some kind of power, some kind of ruler because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we got to understand that when God begins to prophesy a word over you and he tell you, you're going to go into the marketplace and you're going to take the wealth of the uh, wicked and, and you're going to funnel it in, unto the just and to the kingdom of heaven. When he tell you you're going to get married and he has a kingdom spouse for you because your marriage in and of itself has a mission and it has an assignment and a purpose attached to it and you're going to do much damage. You know, when he begins to tell you that he needs you to come out, he needs you to come out of your bloodline, come out of your family so he can get you free, Joseph. So then when it's time for your family to need to, to be to need to be um, sustained or when it's time for your family to then come out, then, then you're in position to help get them free. Right. So when we hear this different words or when, and when the Lord begins to tell you that he's going to bless you with wealth and influence, what you got to understand is wealth and influence equals power. And when you get more wealth and when you get more influence, the higher up you go, the more that you obtain that the more powers, demonic powers are already inhabited there. Come on, somebody. I hope this is making sense. Okay. So you have to understand when you get a word over your life or when God promised you something, warfare is attached to it. A, because the enemy wants to come steal it. The Bible tells us that in the New Testament, when the, when the word is sown, you know, the enemy would come and try to snatch it out, right? He tried to snatch it out of the ear, snatch it out of the heart, right? Cause he don't want it to take root. Cause when it takes root, it's harder for him to uproot it. So if he can get it before it gets into your heart, that's why sometimes you hear a prophetic word and you really are like you it sounds so far-fetched at least i'm gonna speak for myself there are some things that have been spoken over my life and prophesied over my life and especially if i look at my current circumstances i'm like yeah this is this is this is insane this is crazy and so the the word doesn't get lost in my heart because immediately the enemy bring doubt because I'm looking at my current circumstances. I'm looking at my limitations. I'm looking at the family I come from. I'm looking at my past. I'm looking at my qualifications. I'm looking at all these other things that's causing me to discount and discredit what God has spoke. So now instead of me receiving it and meditating on it and going to God and asking him to confirm it or whatever I need to do, I immediately the enemy will come and snatch it. And then next thing you know, that word, you may not even remember it because you got to store over a word. When you receive the word from God, you got to pray over that thing. You need, you got to pray into it. Ask God to reveal more. What does he want you to do to elaborate on it? Is there any things, any instructions that is attached to it? Like you got to store it and pray into it. And so the enemy wants to come and take it, keep it from taking root in our heart. And if he can do that, then he, cause it's, 
the seed, right? The word is the seed. The seed has just like any other seed in the natural. If you are a gardener and you buy seed and you want to produce a, a harvest, you want to produce the fruit of whatever the seed is, you got to plant it in the ground. In the same way, when God releases his word from heaven, he plants it into us in order for it to take root. And then eventually we will begin to see the manifestation or the blossoming and the flourishing of that word coming to pass in our life. But if we don't allow it to take root, then it cannot be, um, if we don't allow it to get planted, amen, then it can't take root and we won't see the manifestation. And at every stage of that development of that word, the enemy will try. Right. He will try to come against it. He will try to get you in doubt. He will try to get you to give up. He'll try to wear you out. Right. He'll try to, you know, do all what he can. But we know that he's already defeated. So if you know how to store it and you know how to, you know, um, to pray over your word, to steward it and, you know, and you expect the enemy to try to come and steal it, then you're more on now you're you're on the um, you're you're a more prepared to come and be um, ready for the opposition when he bring it. Right. And so I don't even know. The Holy Spirit must wanted me to say that because I wasn't going to say any of that. However, I think it ties into what I'm about to say in my personal testimony. And because last week we talked about um, your freedom rights and deliverance, um, being free from any type of curses, being free from any type of generational curses and sin, being free from any type of, de- de- you know, being demonized or, you know, being oppressed or tormented by the um, by evil spirits in your soul or in your body. Um, we have a right as the, as the children of God to be free from that. Right. And so we went over that in last week's um, episode, but I think was really important to know about going through deliverance and the deliverance process is a it's a process i'll say it again yes some people might get delivered in 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 that moment be delivered of all their demons or and all the curses broken and they're one and done even though you have to live a lifestyle of deliverance and you have to be able to sustain it you need to be mentored you know you need to be um taught how to make sure you keep doors closed because the enemy is going to try to come in the same doors. You need to learn how to sustain your deliverance. However, what we also got to be very aware of is when we talk about inhabitants, right? When I mentioned about the land, the promised land was already inhabited, but God still promised it to the to the children of Israel. The fact that there was already inhabitants in the land did not stop God from promising them this particular land. In the same way, just because there is inhabitants and in whatever God is promising you, whether it's your freedom or deliverance or some other type of promise, that's not going to dis- discourage God or deter God from promising it to you. However, it is for you to understand it's going to come with a fight. And so even freedom, even being delivered, you know, it, it can come with a fight. It can come with opposition because it, especially if you are someone like myself, where you're you're trying to now break out of and come out of some generational curses that have been in place, right? And 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 strongholds and strong men and ancient um, you know, um demonic powers and things that have been, you know, ruling over, right? My bloodline for, you know, who knows how many generations, right? They have they have already been inhabiting the generations. They have already been inhabiting the bloodline. So when you now are the one who is is deciding that you are going to get free and you're going to stop the curse because you don't want it to continue to perpetuate to your children and your children's children. And you're and you don't want to continue to live this life that you know is beneath the life that God has for you and that Christ did not Jesus did not die on the cross, that he did not become a curse for us to continue to stay under a curse. He became a curse so we couldn't be cursed. And so when you begin to understand, again, talking about the benefits and the inheritance of being a, a child of God, you understand that, wait a minute, no, devil, you have no right. Now, sometimes there is a legal right in the spirit because obviously somebody in the bloodline, someone in the generation opened the door, right? They did some kind of iniquity, some kind of transgression, some kind of sin that opened the door to allow the enemy and the kingdom of darkness to come into the bloodline. Because that's the one thing about the enemy. When you go playing in his in his playground, he definitely don't tell you that you he not just coming and you're not the only one that he is looking to play with. He wants your whole family. He wants your whole bloodline. He wants your whole generations. So, yeah, he'll let you come in because his whole goal is, yeah, I'm going to start with you. But but once you come in now, I want Now I have a legal right to go and and I have a legal right to, you know, to 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 wreak havoc on everybody that's attached to you. That's I'm trying to explain it in a practical way. So when you come from that, when you come from a family who just have a lot of, you know, just a lot of uh, 
generational curses and just a lot of strongholds and strong men and principalities and different um, covenants that have been made and cut and different pe things people did. You know, what we don't realize that is depending on how far back we go to our ancestors sometime because some some of our ancestors they didn't practice christianity some of them practiced other spiritual things and or even witchcraft and divination and sorcery and to them that was religion and so a lot of the times they would operate with demonic powers and they would and they would know that they would know it was evil they would know it was a you know evil spirit connected to it and they and, and then they would have to do stuff like they might have to give a deal or give a barter or make a pack and they might have to give up so many of the firstborn or however many generations they may have to you know um you know make some kind of uh transaction you know they might have to you know sell off a, some destinies of so many you know um uh, firstborns or you know people in the bloodline there because the enemy don't play fair Right. He don't play fair. And when you're so lusting for power or you're lusting for wealth or riches or you sick in your body and you're so desperate for healing and maybe the hospital can't help you. And do you want to go see a witch doctor? Whatever the case may be, if you love somebody or you like somebody so much that you want them, but they don't want you. And do you want to go cast a spell on them to force them to like you? Whatever the case may be, some of our family members, they indulged in that. And some of them just didn't know any better because that was what they was raised up in. When If you go tracing back to a lot of the tribes and a lot of the indigenous um, people and um, over in Africa and stuff like that, you know, they still practice these same things to this day. Africa is very well known for its spirituality and its high um, activity of the demonic and witchcraft because a lot of people still practice it like it's a religion or a lot of people just understand that demonic power is still power and they want power at whatever the cost and they don't want to get it from God and they don't want to go through, you know, doing the right thing. They don't want to go through Holy Spirit. They want to do, you know, get it this way. So for whatever reason, and, and it, again, it's not to judge anybody because we all have sinned and fallen short. They're, none of us are perfect, but it's to say those things have lasting effects. So sometimes you yourself could not have done anything, done any of those things, but you will still be a recipient of the curse that was brought on the bloodline as a result of that thing until somebody breaks the curse. And what the enemy does is he keeps a lot of people blind to things like generational curses where you might notice a pattern or you might know notice several patterns like maybe all the women in your family you know they all end up being single moms maybe everybody end up getting divorced maybe everybody die young maybe everybody get diabetes maybe everybody alcoholic maybe everybody you know um got you know in, involved in some you know perverted sexual you know lifestyle maybe you know everybody is obese and overeat maybe it's a, it's a lot of different things that we have gotten normalized to in our in our generations and in our families because we just assume it's normal we sort of assume certain things are hereditary some certain things are inherited but certain things may not be hereditary and so because i came from a, a bloodline that just was very steeped in the demonic i like to just be very transparent and honest we keep it hot here on the on the podcast we keep it honest open and transparent because i'm very realistic and i don't make excuses and i don't like to sugarcoat things i like to call things what they are love the person but i hate the sin i hate devils i hate the demonic i hate the kingdom of darkness i hate the devil but i love people but i do understand that it is what it is. So when I find out that I have family members that are witches in, in, in the witchcraft, when I find out I got family members that are, in, you know, murderers, got, I find out I got families that family members that performed at home abortions, you know, and all kind of just craziness. Right. You know, when you find out all of these things and you realize and Holy Spirit and his, and his love and grace reveals to you like some of the some of the things plaguing your life is not because you necessarily did any of those things or maybe you did some, but not all. Is because the curse was already en route. It was already en route from whatever the original, whatever the genesis and the origin was, whatever the first person who opened that door. And if nobody ever closed it, the curse won't just go away. It continues to perpetuate until it's broken and cut off. And when you decide to be the one to, to rise up to break and cut that thing off, and again, I don't want you to get fear because God has not given you a spirit of fear. It's power, love, and a sound mind, right? Again, fear is a spirit. And God didn't give it to you. The only spirit God gave you was Holy Spirit. Okay. It's to understand this because these, these, these um, evil spirits and these principalities and these strong men and these ancient spirits and generational um, curses and all of these things have been inhabiting your bloodline for all this time. When you decided to, to, to now go and um, 
and 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 cash in on your your inheritance right as a child of god because deliverance is the children's bread when you go and you want to now make a withdrawal you want to get you want to now um be a recipient of that inheritance that's rightfully due you you have to understand that opposition is real and and warfare is going to come because they want to try to get you weary they want to get you to give up they want you to they want to do everything they can even though he who is in us is greater than he that is in the world know that no matter what the enemy try to do you got to understand that god is greater but the enemy is going to try these things are not going to willingly let you go they're going to try to come and retaliate they're going to try to come and attack you they're going to try to come and discourage you and get you weary make you feel like you're not delivered make you feel like it's too hard make you feel like it's too much make you feel like you know it ain't working all of these things right and so you can stop because if they can get you to stop then they still have the legal right to get to be there and so i'm saying this because i'm living this right now I, t I told y'all in last week's episode that i've been pursuing my deliverance journey and my deliverance journey has been has started from the beginning of this year and it did not it's not going the way i thought in my mind um but because i had an expectation of what i thought it's supposed to look like but that's not how mine look like it doesn't mean it makes me no better or no worse it's just my process but ever since lord knows i i'm just not even exaggerating but Ever since I started pursuing my deliverance and going through deliverance starting in January, all heck has broken loose in my life. I am, I'm talking about, I didn't have attacks on every side. Do you understand me? I have lost things. I have like, my money has dried up. ailments out of nowhere. I started feeling mentally like unstable. I started, you know, feeling like, you know, confused and unclear, you know, I started, you know, then we end up needing to have to move from our house. And I'm like, well, how in the world am we going to move? And, and my money dried up. And then I'm trying to find a, a job so I can work so we can move. And then that dry up. And then I'm talking about, you know, then my children, you know, some things with my son, he acted out, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, you know, I'm kind of dealing with, you know, some things in friendships and trying to discern who I'm supposed to be connected to right now and who I'm not. Then I got, you know, just things happening to me in my dream life happening to me at night waking up with scratches on my body you know waking up and and being held down and pressed down you know with, a, with some kind of force some kind of demonic spirit you know is trying to bring fear into me and trying to suffocate the life out of me you know i'm i've been experiencing all of these things and then some and so it's so interesting but as i keep going right and there are times i want to give up there are times i'm so weary there are times i feel like i have nothing left like i have no energy like i can't take one more step and the Lord, some way he just come and give me just enough or maybe more than enough to continue to, to continue the journey. But if I wasn't aware that this is a part of it, because what we can think is we can think that because we're experiencing this, this warfare and this opposition, maybe this ain't God or maybe this is not what we're supposed to do. But be be understanding that sometimes because warfare is present that that is a sign that you're doing something right because when the enemy has you where he wants you he ain't attacking you because he wants to keep you in, under the illusion of whatever he has you involved in or whatever he has you doing that is really of him because he got you he already has an open door to you he always already has a legal right so he's not necessarily bringing warfare and attacking you if he has you right where he wants you to be but when you begin to try to break up this the demonic system and stronghold um and the demonic glass ceilings and try to break up the demonic chains and bust open the demonic prison doors when you begin to try to now come and disrupt what he has put in place for centuries for decades for generation he's going to try to retaliate he's going to assign certain demons from whatever the hierarchy of the kingdom of darkness to come against you he's going to assign them he's going to ca cause different things in your life he's going to make he will he will if he has the ability to do so he will try to ruin your entire life just to keep you from getting your freedom just from just to get you to forfeit to give up just to give you to be so weary to be so discouraged to feel so hopeless that you don't have no fight no more 
And so that's what I'm going through. And so I continue. I've been experiencing warfare and baby, the warfare has intensified every since I really have gotten more intentional about my deliverance. I have gone through deliverance a couple more times. One here real recently. Um, and things just has been breaking up. You know, things have been being, you know, tampered with because now that demonic, um, that demonic structure, that demonic kingdom that was set up in my bloodline and that was set up in my life is now starting to come down. And now the enemy ain't happy about that. Like we have to understand the enemy is not happy anytime we are doing anything that's in a, a threat to his kingdom. Right. So, yes, he he started unleashing the big guns. And so I already started going through different things with the, the living situation I was in and my landlord. And um, but she still was kind of, you know, acting kind, acting nice, acting like, you know, things were OK. I had not been able to pay rent the last two months because, again, I told you all my finances had dried up. My finances being attacked. My business was being attacked. Everything. So. Um, it wasn't that I had all the time I've been living there well over a year. I had paid her every month in full was never late. However, these last two months that, um, I was unable to just cause I didn't have it. And I tried to get a job and do all of the things that I could do and nothing was working out. And so, um, Monday she comes knocking on the door because she gave me mixed, mixed sig signals, even though I should have just went with my first mind because she has given me mixed signals in the past, um, but I didn't. And so I, I, she told me to be out by the 30th of April, but I ended up asking her if I could stay and she could, cause she's selling her home. Um, and I asked her if she could sell the home tenant occupied. And she said, the realtor said they could do that. So for me, because she never had really communicated with me, um, since I didn't know that she really still wanted me to be out by the 30th, I thought I still had time. So when she come knocking on my door on this past Monday, the first, I didn't think nothing of it. But when I opened the door, she was livid. She was so irate. Like, what are you still doing here? And she went to cussing me out. I mean, using the F-bomb at me, saying all of these terrible things about me and to me. And literally, the moment she said, what are you still doing here? Why are you still here? You were supposed to be out um, by the 30th, which was just the day before, mind you. I was like, all I said to her, and I never yelled at her. I never disrespected her. never cussed at her. I said, okay, we'll leave. That's all I said to her, like, and, but she continued to go on and on and to be so disrespectful and to be so nasty. And I had never seen her act like that. Cause up until that point, she, she was weird, but she was always pleasant, right. Or at least pretending to be. And so I was so shocked at the, at the situation, but I was in prayer all that morning and I was in prayer and warfare all that night. And so what I understood was, see, Without me being in warfare all that night in prayer all that morning, things were breaking. So what the enemy wanted to do is he he used my landlord, right? And he used my landlord to attack me because he knew I was vulnerable because he knew my he knows my finances are not where I where they where they need to be or where I think they need to be for me to feel comfortable to move or be able to move. And so when she came over there, I didn't know I didn't have the money. I didn't have no money. I did not know how I was going to get a U-Haul, how I was going to get the stuff moved out. I didn't know how I was going to get a storage. What, where was it going to go? I just knew I told her and I meant it with all my heart. I said, we will leave. We will get our stuff out. I was like, just give me time. I got to pick up my son from school. I got to get a, I got to figure out about getting a U-Haul. And I'm like, and then it's going to take us some time because it was just me and my two children. I'm like, and so we'll leave your house. I'm like, so don't, okay. So she continued to just say all of these nasty things to me and just, I mean, outside acting the food, cutting up, cussing me out, all kind of stuff, calling me a squatter, calling me all kind of names. Mind you, I've not ever done anything disrespectful. I've taken care of this woman's property. I went over and beyond, you know, to assist her, you know, with her selling her property. She has complimented me on taking care of her property so well and how the decor in my house, so many people commented and, and liked it so much and all of this stuff. So for her to be acting like this, it was so unusual, but I knew immediately that it was an answer to my prayer because I was asking the Lord to give us a way of escape in my prayer time. But I also knew that the enemy was using her because I had was in warfare all night and I had was um, praying all morning. And so that was that I'd end up calling around, borrowing, getting money from people to get a U-Haul, do all that. God worked it out. We were able to get everything. We got the U-Haul. I was able to um, get a storage unit and me and my two children packed up the entire house by ourselves all night from about four o'clock in the, in the evening to about two o'clock in the morning by ourselves. Um, but God provided though, he provided through people, but then also, also I got an unexpected blessing. I checked, um, 
you know, one of my accounts and there were money on there. And I, I didn't know it would be because there hadn't been no money on there in months. And so God provided, he knew what was going to happen. And that's why you got to not put all your focus and your eyes on the, what the enemy is doing because God is moving too. So I was, I had peace. I wasn't, I was upset at how she was disrespecting me and how she was cussing at me and speaking to me, but I had peace in us having to leave, even though we had to do it in a haste and we had to run because then in my, I told her we was going to leave. I assured her we would leave. But as I was out getting the U-Haul, I come home. She had come back to the house and put a three day notice on the front door and the back door. And it was like the enemy was really trying to irritate me and get under my skin. And I'm like, I already told you we would leave. You did not have to put no notice. So I just took the notice off, put it in the house and we began to move. So then she started threatening me, sending me texts while we're starting to move and packing. She's sending me threatening texts. And I'm just like, okay, like I'm talking about, I'm not even making this up. Like the enemy was working overtime through her really trying to get under my skin and to get me to sin or to get me to cuss her back out or to get me just to, to tempt me to do something wrong to, to return her that same energy. And I just knew I couldn't do it, but it was so hard. Right. And so I had to tell her like, listen, ma'am, don't send another threatening text to my phone or I'm going to call the authorities. I will call the police. Okay. And so she, you know, and so then she just kept on sending me text, text messages being so annoying. And I was just like, Lord, I'm getting out of this woman's house. This is, I, I received your, your way of escape, even though it don't look the way I hoped it would look. If we got to leave in a haste, Israel. And the first thing that came to my mind was when Israel finally was being ex, um, released from Egypt, it was in a haste and Pharaoh actually pushed them out. They didn't just walk out of Egypt, literally. That's why you got to read your word because God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Immediately it came to my spirit like, oh, see, Pharaoh, God had been hardening Pharaoh's heart all that time while he constantly was challenging their um their gods that they worship and showing who he, that he's really the one and only God. And so it got to the point after that last plague where all of the firstborn of every um, Egyptian household, even down to the cattle, had had a, a person that was had died. Um, and that's when they were thrusted out in haste. But God had prepared them. He had told them, come on, somebody read Exodus um, 12. He told them before it happened, he said, hey, this is what the instructions get the lamb, you know, slaughter one each for each family. If you got more than enough, just share with the next family, you know, do this. He gave them specific instructions. He told them not to have any um, leavened bread, to have only unleavened bread. He told them to, you know, uh, to do all of these things by a certain time um, because he was selling the death angel. Then he told them to be prepared to have their sandals on their feet, to have their, you know, their, um, bows on their arm and um to get ready to to leave right to leave quickly to leave in haste so even israel the children of israel had to leave in a hurry they had to get ready to run and so sometimes what don't look like god to us because of the circumstances because in our mind we think it's supposed to go so seamless it's supposed to be pretty it's supposed to make sense it's supposed to be you know work out the way we envision in our mind don't be so distracted with what you think it should be and understand when god is moving that you don't miss the opportunity and oh what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do how i'm gonna get money where are we gonna go if i would have just got so stuck there i would have missed the opportunity when god was providing our way of escape but you gotta know that the opposition is gonna come when you begin to pursue your deliverance when you begin to pursue your freedom the enemy is going to try to come because he wants you he don't want you to get free and if you and if he don't he can't stop you from getting free he at least wants to tempt you to sin. He wants to tempt you to give up. He wants to tempt you to not continue to go forward, to go forth, you know, to stop you in your tracks. So that was Monday. We ended up having to get a hotel Monday night because it was so late. Like I said, the Lord provided. He knew all this was going to happen. And he provided exactly what we needed to do all that. Because I went from waking up that day with no money. more than enough to, to do all of the stuff to move get a u-haul bought us had to buy us food you know get a hotel do this do that have more than enough money to do all that in the one, same day and so then the next day i went to go try to clean the house because if you know when you move out of house you got to clean it you know you want to leave it back in a great condition despite of how she was disrespecting me and treating me despite how she was you know um really just out of line and just really you know unprofessional i just knew i still had to do the right thing so i told her i was going to go clean the house and lo and behold when i get there 
she there and her realtor is there. And I'm looking like, what, what are they doing here? And so her realtor was outside. So I say, well, hey, I'm here to clean the house. He says, don't worry about it. It's already done. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, that's cool. But um, there was a few things because there were like very few minor items that we had left in the house because we were going to get them out when we came to clean the house. And we had a couple more things we needed to put on the curb to take out the trash. And we were going to do that as we cleaned the house. But now they're saying we don't need to clean. So I'm just like, well, can I just get my stuff? So he was like, let me go get her because I don't want to get in the middle of it. He go get her. She come out with the three day notice in her hand. Now, mind you, this is the second day. She gave me the three day notice on Monday. It's Tuesday. It's only the second day. I had three days technically to get all my stuff out and to clean the, the house according to the notice she gave me. But she come running out with this notice in her hand. Like you said you were out and um, this you you and within this notice says within three days and this and this and that. So I'm like, listen. I just want my stuff. We got stuff in there. We have a deep freezer with food in it in there. You know, we, um, we have things. And she was like, no, you. And she called me a B-I-T-C-H. And I just couldn't. And my kids are in the car and everything. So my kids are watching and she's cussing me out, going, saying all this stuff and refusing to give me my stuff. I'm like this enemy. And I and I just I just was like, you know what? God bless you. And I looked at her realtor and I said, you picked the right one to work for. And I went to pull off and I was so frustrated and I was so upset because I wanted to defend myself. I wanted, you know, to to just uh, I couldn't believe my children had to watch this woman calling me all out my name, being so nasty, being so disrespectful, being acting like a maniac like that. And I had done nothing to this woman. And I just all I could do was cry. And I just had tears in my eyes. And I just was going to say, forget it. The stuff can stay there. I don't care. Um, but I ended up, the Holy Spirit ended up telling me to call the police because it's illegal for a, rent, a, a landlord to do that. So I called the police and long story short, the police was like, listen, she can't hold your stuff. Let's get your stuff. Um, so he, he, the police officer ended up having to call her because she wasn't at the house no more. And, and she had changed the locks. So she come and, um, he, he's staying there. He stayed the whole time to make sure I can get my stuff. And he's telling her like, ma'am, you cannot keep her stuff. You cannot keep her stuff for collateral. It doesn't matter. She didn't pay rent for two months. Unless it's written in the contract and legal in a legal contract, you cannot keep her thing. She has every right to get her stuff and she can get her stuff. So she mad. So I started taking my, my curtains down. They, they're mine. And so she, she's got, she gets so angry and she jumps up in my face. Like she was going to attack me. Like she was so close to my face that, I, that literally our noses could almost touch. And the police officer had to tell her like, ma'am, I need you to back away from her or you would have to get arrested. Like, because she was like, she wanted to attack me and she was just so enraged and she was calling me bees and cussing saying all this stuff, even in front of the officer, she was just being so belligerent and so violent acting and so erratic. And it was just so crazy to me but I, I understood it was the spirit in her and I understood it was the enemy trying to use her but it didn't make it any easier to endure it didn't make it any easier why she's sitting there and trying to paint a picture a bad picture of me um to him and I'm just like telling him the truth of everything and then she tried to change her story up then she showed him the three-day notice that she gave me and he told her ma'am that's not a that's not a um that's not a real notice. He was like, that's not a, a, a eviction notice. He was like, first of all, you can't evict nobody in three days. He was like, it's, it's a process and it takes time. And he was like, and you have to have something from the courts. He was like, and that paper that right there that you have is not an official document, official, official notice from the courts. She was like, yes, it is trying to go back and forth with him. And he's like, ma'am, no, it's not. So it was just, it was just a crazy, you know, we don't got to go into any more details about it, but I just wanted to be honest and tell y'all the experience that I just have been going through this week, simply because again, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm pursuing my deliverance. I'm seeking to get free. I'm these generational curses. They got to go. They, I come, they are broken now in Jesus name. Jesus died. He became a curse. So I didn't have to be cursed. Curses of the men that hangeth on the tree. The blessing of the Lord make his rich and has no sorrow. Anything that is not in alignment with the word of God and with the blessings and the promises of the word of God that are yes and amen, that has to come into alignment. So I'm like, no, I'm not about to, I'm, I've already, I'm already 40. I'm not about to go on any more years and, and be under this, 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 this torture, this torment, or be under this cur these generational curses that's preventing me from advancing and prospering and, and, and progressing and, and, and succeeding and doing the things that I know God has already promised and has already um, 
ordained for me to do. And so it's like, no, and but because I am pursuing my freedom rights, because I am, you know, seeking to get set free, not just for me, for my children, for my children, children, children. And then so I can help you all and other anybody else that the Lord would want me to help get free to get free. The enemy has called himself really trying to come with a whole attack. Okay. And if it wasn't for the grace of God and it wasn't for the awareness that I had, that I understood that this was warfare, that this was the enemy using her and to help me not to spaz out and take her head off like my flesh was telling me to do. Um, it was so hard to really humble myself. It was so hard. And even to try to teach my children, you know, the importance of not repaying evil with evil and teaching them what the word says and how you let God fight your battles. It goes back to what talking about second uh, Chronicles 20 where, where Jehoshaphat went to the Lord about this mighty attack, this vicious attack, this impeding impending, you know, uh, horrific attack against him and, 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 um, and the people of Judah. And he went to the Lord and the Lord was like, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm gonna fight this battle for you. God will fight the battle for you. If you don't try to take matters in your own hands. So yes, opposition is going to happen. Yes. Warfare will come. When you're pursuing your deliverance, that is a sign that you are doing something right. If you're not doing, if you're not causing any damage to the kingdom of heaven, if you're not disrupting any of their demonic um, activities, then you, you're not going to probably receive any um, opposition, any resistance. But when you are experiencing extreme resistance, when things start happening out of nowhere, when, when things like the enemy start using people and people start coming against you that you never would expect it, when things are you know being done or things start to go haywire in your life out of nowhere, be sure that is the enemy because now the enemy is afraid. He's scared. He's scrambling. So that is like his, his last attacks to try to get you out of the will of God, to try to get you to give up, to try to get you to relent, to retreat. So you won't get free because he know once you get free, because just like I said earlier, even if it's one person in the bloodline or in the family that entertains the enemy and go play in his playground, his whole goal is to get everybody. He understands that if you get free, you have the potential to get everybody free. So it's so much more bigger than you. And that's why the opposition is, is so strong. But again, God is greater. It's through it all. God sustained me. Like I said, I didn't have no money starting Monday. God made, made a way. He didn't been giving me favor. We didn't have everything we need. We've been able to have a place to be. You know, um, things have been working out. It's not the greatest situation. It's not the most ideal situation. It's not something I ever thought I would be in because I've never been in this situation. I've never been in a situation where me and my children was put out of anywhere and we didn't have nowhere to go. You know, that this is new for me, but it's God has still been encouraging me because he's he's had other people, other believers and other um, even leaders come to me to tell me they have gone through the same thing and and to even verify it's nothing but an attack. We've been put out before. It's nothing but an attack, which is comforting because it's like, okay, Lord, I'm not crazy. Right. Okay. Lord, this, this is something that can happen. Right. But you're still moving in the midst of it. So it doesn't matter how much the enemy is doing. God is doing more. And sometimes we, we can see more what the enemy is doing because it seems to be more upfront in your face. And a lot of times what God is doing is more behind the scenes, but it's so important to keep your eyes on Jesus. It's so important to keep your eyes on the Lord and your ear to heaven and to pray, going to prayer, going to worship, going to praise. It is so important to go into fasting, whatever you got to do to stay connected to God, especially in your time of warfare, especially in your time of opposition, especially as you're going through your um, deliverance, um, whether your process is over time or it's a one and done, you want to stay totally connected to your source and be anchored to our source and our strength, which is, which is our Lord. And so um, I just want to encourage somebody because I highly encourage every person to pursue your deliverance, pursue your freedom. If you know that, you know that there are areas of your life that you, no matter how hard you try, no matter how smart you are, how many degrees you have, no matter how fine you are, you just can't break through. You just can't have a, you just, for to save your life, you ain't had a healthy marriage ever. You know, you, you ain't had a healthy relationship ever. You know, ain't no, men seem like they ain't even checking for you. You seem like you invisible. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever, whatever you know in your heart that is not in alignment with the will of God, go to him and ask him, well, what's the cause? What's the legal right and how and what to do to break it, right? So you can be totally free to receive and have all of the, the good and perfect gifts that God has from you that comes from above. 
And so I just wanted to give a little of my testimony and say, and sometimes you got to move in a haste. Like we had to throw a lot of stuff away. Don't be afraid. Ooh, I feel those weird again. When God is transitioning us, a lot of times he will like with Israel, you got to understand the children of Israel had lived in Egypt for over 430 years. So that's over four um, generations, more than that, actually. Um, but that's a long time to be in that place. So that lets you know they were very comfortable there. They had really grown roots there. They had really, you know, established themselves there. So, you know, they had houses, you know, they had furniture, whatever, whatever it was in that day. Right. They had possessions. They had things because they had been living in this place. Like I had been living in this house for over a year. So we had a whole house full of furniture. But it just was to the point where I was trying to move as quickly as possible to really just get out this lady's house because she was already tripping. And I was like, there were just a lot of things we end up just putting on the curb and throwing away. And I just said, well, you know what, Lord, I, I just believe that you'll replace it. Don't be afraid to let go of some things. Don't be afraid to leave things behind. And don't be afraid of, um, of, 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 of only taking the bare minimum because God will restore you. God will, he will give you, repay you recompense for everything that was lost, stolen, had to be given up, whatever the case may be. God is never going to allow you or require you to give up something that he don't have no intention on replacing unless it was just something that wasn't good for you. But don't be afraid. Like I had stuff that wasn't that old. I had stuff that was in great condition. I could have sold the stuff. I left my washing and dryer, but I, I knew in my heart, hey, we didn't have enough. We didn't have enough room. It was me and two children, first of all. So trying to carry a bunch of just heavy furniture and different things was just and putting it on a u-haul and all that just wasn't wise right but i just understood that i didn't some of this stuff i could just get it again so i wasn't worried about it yeah it could look like i threw a lot of money on the curb it could look like and if somebody came and got it and could use it because a lot of that stuff was it wasn't nothing wrong with it i pray that they do but at the end of the day i can't let the fear of letting go of something let it go of letting go of someone, letting go of material possessions, let it go of opportunity, letting go of uh, money, let it go of a job, let it go of a city, let it go, whatever it is that God may require or I may have to let go in order to move, to go transition and cross over into my promised land. Don't be afraid to let that thing go because God is a good God. He will restore. Jesus said, anybody who has given up mother father careers houses for the gospel's sake i assure you that you will be received even more so you got to know the god that you serve is nothing it's petty it's nothing but material possessions that stuff can be replaced but you cannot don't stay in a, pay, a place longer than god wants you to, to stay because see you don't know the, the deaf angel the lord may be sending to that place come on somebody See, he sent the deaf angel on Egypt. And if Israel didn't obey and put the, the, the blood on, on the um, lentils and put it on the doorpost, they too would experience that judgment. So don't stay in a place longer because you're afraid to let go of something. And then you experience judgment that wasn't meant for you. I didn't have to give up a whole stuff before. So God probably knew that it was going to be something easy for me to do because I've told my my testimony many times throughout the episodes and throughout the seasons of this podcast where in 2019 the lord started having me get rid of everything in my house i had to get rid of everything oh it was over time and whatnot at once but over time i got rid of all my clothes my shoes my jewelry my panties our furniture um everything that he told me to get rid of um, the boys game systems, they stuff, they shoes, they whatever, because it was connected to a, the person I was dating and that person was not of God. So I had to get rid of everything. And so we ended up living in an empty house and we ended up living in an empty house for, I think, over a year. And people were like you know, talking about us, mocking us or talking about us. Am I sure? Is I'm not sure is that God would tell me to do that? Because why would he do that? They don't, they don't, they don't believe God would tell me that. And they're having a hard time with this. And, you know, or people thinking that it's something wrong with me if I've fallen off the deep end and, you know, just experience all of these opinions and all of these just judgment from people. But it really was God because God ended up revealing to me that I had to get rid of everything that was connected to my ex and my past in order to go into my future. Because God is not going to allow you to take old things to your new place. He is going to not allow you to put your new wine and old wine skins. So don't be afraid to give stuff up because God is a good God. He's a better 
he, he, he's a better provider than any person in this world. All that stuff that I got rid of that my ex bought cars. I got to rid, get rid of cars, give cars back, whatever. The Lord replaced my, the cars, whatever cars I got gave up. I drive my, my dream car right now. I drive my dream car and I bought it brand new. Nobody owned it but me because God is good. The house that I was living in was fully furnished. Everything brand new, like everything that I gave up, everything I lost. He replaced it. He did better. He did exceeding and abundantly. But it was because I obeyed even when it was hard. And I wasn't afraid to let stuff go. And I wasn't afraid to leave stuff behind or even leave people behind. And I wasn't afraid to throw, throw away some things. And so you got to understand that your deliverance process may be natural and physical as well as spiritual. So he might tell you to get rid of certain items. He might tell you to get rid of, you know, um, certain people in your life. He might tell you to, you know, to get to start purging your physical life because what happens in the spirit. Is what happens it is what we see in the natural. Everything starts in the spirit realm. So when God is beginning to purge you and purify you in the spirit, you're going to see a manifestation of that in the natural. And that may look like you physically being purged, right? You physically, you physically being purified and having to, you know, um, be pruned. So just don't be afraid um, and don't be afraid of the process and don't allow the enemy to intimidate you with warfare and with opposition and resistance. That is your sign to know that you're headed in the right direction. You're doing the right thing and God is with you and you have more with you than that are against you. That there are more that there are, that there are more chariots of fire. That there are more hosts of heaven's armies that are for you than are against you, right? So keep your eyes on Jesus. Go to do to 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 make it to 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 make it through this hard season because it may be hard, but on the other side is joy, is rejoicing, it is freedom. And um, I just want to encourage somebody today. I pray that my testimony and my story that this help you. Um, and again, always go and take everything back to the Lord. Pray about it. Pray about, you know, the message. Pray about my spirit. Um, and just confirm with God himself if this is for you. And ask him to give you more information concerning your personal, um, your personal testimony in your life. But um, I just want to be very... Um, realistic and, and give people a, a really sober and realistic expectation of what this process can look like. Or maybe you don't go through what I'm going like some hard warfare. Or maybe your warfare is different. Just don't be afraid and don't be, um, you know, taken off guard and don't be, you know, um, don't shrink back if you experience some retaliation or you experience some type of opposition. Again, the kingdom of darkness, they don't want us to gain ground. They don't want us to to, to to get free. They don't want to have to give up that land, right? It's like our bloodlines, our generation is like land that they have been inhabiting for all this time. They don't want to give it up. But the same way Israel had to go and war and dispossess and they had to remove those inhabitants and those nations that was already in the in, in the promise that God had, had um, already gave, given them. The same way we have that same right and God is fighting for us in the same way he fought for Israel. So um, I just I just really suggest, you know, if you listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and don't settle. Don't think you always got to live feeling beneath. Don't think you always got to live feeling behind. Don't think you always got to live feeling seem, feeling overlooked. Don't think you always going to have to be single. Don't think, you know, you ain't never going. You only going to just be stuck in a certain, you know, bracket of you know uh income don't think you ain't gonna never be a homeowner whatever the case may be whatever the desires of your heart that you feel like <clears throat> excuse me has not come to pass for so long but you tried to everything you can do and it still didn't happen don't don't settle it may be something else at play and it's worth it it's worth going going up and um um and and uh oh it's a word that i want to use but just just going to um take what's rightfully yours which is your freedom and so um i just want everyone to know that um god is able and if he could do it for me he'll do it for you and it, and again it may be it may come with some difficulty but god will sustain you in the same way he told paul when Paul begged him three different times to take the thorn out of his flesh, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Even if you feel like it's a thorn in your flesh, his grace is sufficient. Know that. Lean into him. Trust him. 
stay in his face, stay in his presence. Don't let up. Don't whatever you do, don't give up. Don't let up. Stay the course because you'll reap the reward, right? You'll reap the reward. And ain't nothing gonna be ain't, it ain't gonna be nothing in the world that you're gonna be feel like feeling like is worth your freedom. Once you actually get freedom, you're gonna feel like everything was worth it because once you free, you free unless you allow yourself to, you know, not sustain your deliverance and, and the enemy come back. But as long as you keep your doors closed, as long as you, you know, live a lifestyle of, of repentance and um, of deliverance and, you know, you follow the instruction of the Lord and you do what is right, you can be sure, you know, that the enemy may come. But like Jesus, you can say he found no place in me. So um, just be encouraged. I pray that this is, this is just encouraging. And maybe you are somebody who will hear this and, and you're experiencing a lot of warfare or a lot of, you know, attack on you because maybe you decided to walk in your purpose. Maybe you decided, you know, to, 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 to get that job. Whatever God say, God promised you something and now you're pursuing it, but you're experiencing all of this opposition. Be at peace. Be encouraged. That means you're doing something right. Amen. As long as you ain't doing something that's obviously sin, open sin, and you're doing something right in the kingdom of darkness, they're just upset, but we don't care. We do not care. He's a defeated foe. He's defeated over 2,000 years ago by the cross. Okay. Well, all, the only thing we want, all, the only thing we know is Jesus and him crucified. Okay. The blood, the blood of Jesus that has power, wonder working power, the blood. Okay. Period. And the enemy can't do nothing with the blood. Okay. So be encouraged, be at peace and, and, and don't, and don't forsake the, the, your position. Don't forsake your position. Stay, stay the course, stay your, stay your ground, stay your ground. Don't worry about how big the bark is of the enemy. It, it's all, it's, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. Stand your ground. Don't 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 allow the enemy to cause you to shrink back. And 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 I I just know that the Lord is going to meet you every step of the way. And so um, again, I hope this encourages you guys. I'm on here a lot longer than I anticipated, but hey, the Lord is allowed to have His way. Um, but I just pray that the Lord blesses you and keep you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you and grant you his peace in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you all. I love you with the love of God. And I just want you to know that your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy.